No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. We are so glad to have you back. This is episode seven, I believe. I think so. And we are super excited to have you here today. And you may have noticed, but December actually has three Mondays. And because it has three Mondays, we decided, hey, we should do something a little bit extra and so for today, we are reviewing a Christmas movie, uh, which is probably a little bit out of the realm of what we normally review, uh, but with the season being here, we thought it would be appropriate. And of course, I am Jay, and I with am, me as always is... John Mueller, co-host extraordinaire. John. Yes, he is. So glad to have him back with us. And hopefully we'll continue to do so. You've been a little under the weather. I have, but I mean, the good news is uh, flu was negative, but oh. apparently I'm a 27-year-old man who might have an ear infection. So, oh, dear. Yeah, staying home from, from work today and tomorrow, uh, which I guess time is relative, so that doesn't impact when you're listening to this podcast at all. Well, you're. we are thinking about you, and we hope that you're feeling better. Thank you. Well, of course, first up, we always have news. Don't have a very heavy news section this week. Uh, as far as actual news goes, there's only two stories that I thought needed any kind of attention. Uh, that first story is that J.J. Abrams has mentioned that he might be interested in doing a Superman movie. If this had been pre-Force uh, Awakens, I would have been a lot more interested but I've lost a lot of faith in J.J. Abrams since he has been um, taken over Star Wars. Because his Star Trek movies were excellent, or at least the, the first two I thought were great. I'm worried about Episode Nine, so maybe he could redeem it there. But I, mm, I don't know. I'm so burned by Justice League and Batman vs. Superman that I just, it's hard to get excited for another Superman movie. It's hard to get excited about anything in the DC Universe right now. Um, I definitely feel you there. It's uh, It's been hard because of, like you said, I mean, Batman vs. Superman was so incredibly bad. There was just nothing about it that was very good at all. And then, of course, then you're kind of confused, too. Like, where exactly are they going with the DC Universe? Because you had uh, Aquaman which was just kind of out of the out of left field and then you also had Suicide Squad which they're making a second one but kind they've of. even said that maybe it's not a direct sequel it's, and it's, it's not at all it's and not even, a, it's not a sequel it's kind of a reboot not, okay well i wondered about that and then on top of that that kind of leads into the next story uh Birds of Prey is another DC owned property that they are making a movie out of and uh even that one is kind of a little like not really sure why they're going that direction and uh it kind of has ties directly with Suicide Squad because 
Harley Quinn. Yeah, Margot Gosh. Robbie as Harley Quinn is going to be one of the leading uh, facets of this movie. So the the news that we've re- that we got this past couple of days is that uh, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask mask is fairly comic accurate, and uh, you and I were both pretty excited about that. Yeah, early reviews have said that it's pretty accurate, which is very exciting because it is always exciting to get a comic book accurate costume or mask you know we had the wonder woman 84 trailer that came out as well and it's just like everything i think it almost sounds like they're going in the direction of their animated movies where none of them are actually connected they just are kind of their own standalone thing uh and so maybe that's the direction they're headed yes and no um when I was watching Batman Hush that came out this fall, uh, they discussed with Lex Luthor about how he was apparently somewhat beneficial in Reign of the Supermen. So previous uh, DCAU movies had been uh, fairly standalone, but I believe they're trying to give some kind of loosely tied long-term plot with the ones that they're doing now. We shall see. I guess we'll we'll see what happens. To me, I think really this whole... DC Universe has kind of been a uh, crash and burn type of deal. I don't know. It's been it's been hard, and and you feel bad about about it too, because I mean I don't know how you feel about it, but I know that personally I think that they just they wanted to copy what Marvel was doing, and so they jumped in it too fast. They just kind of threw everything at once instead of building it up like Marvel had done, which is sad because. Personally, I love the the heroes that come with the DC universe, and especially the villains. I think DC has some of the best villains. I would agree. I don't know about necessarily like universe wide villains, because I mean, for me, it's really like Dark Side or Bust for DC. But each individual character, I think, has has way better villains, in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. I would love for people... So, I love intros. And one thing that I would love is a news intro. And I would also love an intro for this next segment, which is, of course, our trailers segment. I referred to it one time when we had a whole lot of trailers. I think John might remember I referred to it as a trailer park and I said we're walking into a trailer park because of all these trailers that came out this week. Uh, so I would love, I don't know if any of you out there are really good at making some kind of musical intro or something funny that we could put in the front of our news and maybe even this segment. But if you are into that kind of thing and you are interested in it and interested enough to not get paid for it, <laughs> then you may email us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com and we would love to hear what you have. We're on our way into the trailer park because this week, of course, we have a thousand trailers, it feels like. John, were you overwhelmed by all the trailers? I was. I will say, uh, before we really get going, that I haven't seen the Black Widow trailer yet. I'm debating if I want to try to go into that having seen nothing about it. So, okay. what would your what would your thoughts be? I'm fine to like react to your thoughts, but I actually have not seen that one yet. 
I will go ahead and talk about it, and then you can just react to my thoughts, I guess. Excellent. Well, we'll start out with that one then. Black Widow trailer, from what I've heard, or actually I thought it was going to take place right after Infinity War, where it was going to be the snap, and then we were going to see Black Widow kind of going off and doing her own thing, but it turns out that it actually takes place right after Civil War. So this is right after the events of Civil War, and she is kind of going off, and the trailer kind of says that she's needing to settle some things that have happened in her past. I guess that file dripping red with blood that she mentioned, or rather Loki mentioned in the first Avengers, maybe she's going to settle those scores but it starts out with her meeting her sister she goes back to russia sees her sister and then during the course of that she also runs into it sounds like it might be her dad who's going to be the red guardian Hmm. which is an interesting twist yeah keeping it in the family so to speak yeah and so it kind of it the trailer comes to an end with it looks like she's jumped out of a plane and doesn't have a parachute, and there's lots of things falling around her, and she's wearing a white outfit instead of her normal black outfit. Uh, I'm hoping that that has something to do with the environment she is, and not that they just made it white just to be different. But my guess is is that it's to blend in with the snow around her. But it's a pretty good trailer. She didn't have a, a tactical uh, black camo suit for the snow environment? She did not. That's unfortunate. Uh, it was actually a very good trailer. I remember finishing it and thinking, wow, this actually looks really good. Because I had my doubts about a Black Widow movie. Not because I don't think that she would make a good movie. I just was wondering what direction they are going to go with it. Now, I have kind of been playing with this idea in my head i wonder if the movie is going to end and they're going to pull her out of that timeline huh that's a really interesting idea i mean they're making a movie about her so it right. it kind of makes me think that maybe they're going to try to pull her back in somehow i mean i wouldn't be against that i feel like she's one of the stronger characters of the mcu so far so yeah, I would, I would be on board with that, as long as it's done well and not just kind of cheap. That's the main thing. But yeah, other than that, uh, I really I, I really liked it. I'm really going to like the actor who plays Hopper in Stranger Things. I can't remember his name, but he's going to be the Red Guardian, and he is going to look awesome as the Red Guardian. Now, his powers look like they're a lot like Captain America's, but maybe not to the same degree as Captain America. Like, I think he still ages at a normal rate. Okay. Um, you know, can probably still get drunk. I mean, uh, well, he's Russian, so that's probably his actual superpower. <laughs> right. <laughs> his tolerance to alcohol. But it looks really good. I, I think overall it's going to be a very good movie. Alright, so jumping from that into uh, Wonder Woman 1984, a trailer I did actually see, I have to say, my initial reaction how did Chris Pine get there? That was my first question, too. So I, I hope they answer that fairly quickly um, because the rest of the trailer looks really, really good. It does, and I like that it's actually going to be set in the 80s, which is kind of a popular thing right now. You've got Stranger Things and 
even Ghostbusters kind of looks like it's doing a call back to the 80s. Everybody's living in the past now. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily living in the past as much as it is capitalizing on nostalgia, which I feel like is something our generation uh, specifically really falls into. Just like what things were when we were kids and right um, that type of thing. Yeah, but it, it, it does look good to me as well. The um, Her new outfit looks pretty crazy. The golden outfit looks like it had wings or something like that. Mm-hmm. I will say the one thing I'm not too keen on so far is that it looks like instead of flying, she uses the lasso on lightning bolts, and that just seems a little campy to me. Cause like once she's gonna be riding the lightning, because Wonder Woman can straight up fly, like she doesn't yeah. need any type of thing like that, like that type of mechanism to be able to fly. But again, if it's done well, I guess I won't really care. Well, I, I really enjoyed the first film. Definitely, Wonder Woman was definitely a very good movie. Well, moving on from Wonder Woman '84, I thought maybe we could jump into Milan. The Mulan trailer, that's going to be a Disney live-action remake from the cartoon that came out in... I want to say it was 99. I was about to say either 98 or 99. And I heard that it's not a straight-up remake. It's more an adaptation of the fable. Because from what I've heard, there is no uh, Mushu. There's no Eddie Murphy, Tiny Dragon. So... In terms of the the true remake nostalgia culture, I don't believe it's going to be that great. Something that I found interesting was that they took out the dragon, and originally I think they said, yeah, we don't want to put the dragon in because it's going to be too cartoony and too too much magic. But then there's literally a woman that turns into a bird, so I'm, I don't... I think they kind of lost their argument there. That's fair. I, I did notice that in the trailer, anyway, the score in the background is basically the songs that were in the original movie but are put to orchestra music instead of being sung. Because the original movie was a musical, right? in a way, because there were songs for just about everything they did. So do you think that there'll be any singing in this movie at all? I'm not sure. If it if it works with the way they're trying to do it, then I wouldn't have a problem with it necessarily. But if they're going for like edgy drama type of situation, then I wouldn't expect any musical numbers. Yeah, I doubt they'll do that too. Although uh, it's going to make for a much more boring training montage. That's fair. I mean, let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. <laughs> Live forever in my memory. I love it. <laughs> now, Black. let's see. We had Mulan, Black Widow, Wonder Woman, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Did You You did see this trailer, correct? I have not. I've really dropped the ball on these. I saw, what was it, Paul Rudd? Yeah, Paul Rudd's going to be in it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on board already because I really like Paul Rudd. He's going to be a teacher. Well, I, yeah, I could see it science teacher he it looks pretty good i mean it it honestly it felt just like stranger things to me when it first started up background and of course it's got one of the stranger things characters in it the actors he's in the movie i really can't tell at all what direction they're going with the movie because if you watch the trailer 
the trailer kind of makes it feel more like a drama when Ghostbusters itself was a comedy. So I'm not like there was not anything in this, this trailer that made me laugh. So I'm not really sure what they're doing or which direction they're going. I feel like that would be that would be super interesting because I mean the the all female team Ghostbusters movie I feel like wasn't received very well. So that was a jump into a different style and then taking it this way if they tried if they tried to make it into more of a drama would also be a stylistic jump. So I feel like that would be that would be very ambitious. Yeah, it kind of had a um super 8 feel to it the trailer did. In fact, when I was watching the trailer I I wondered if it was being produced or directed by J.J. Abrams because it it really did have an Abrams feel to it. Of course it is not, but right. It did have that feel. Now, this is one that I know for sure that you saw, James I Bond. I did. I'm very excited for this movie. <laughs> Dive into it, John. I know you're you're a I think you might be a bigger Bond fan than even I am. It's it's been such an odd ride with James Bond recently because if you go back and you look at all of the Bonds, they each have their high points and their low points. And for Daniel Craig as James Bond, the last two movies have been his high point and his low point in my opinion. With this with this new movie, I think it's going to be his last. Um, although we also thought that about the last one. Um, but I just I really just want it to be better than Spectre. Because I came in to Spectre off of the the high of Skyfall and I was just drastically disappointed. But this this new one it looks like it has it has the action set up, it has kind of the subplots kind of that Skyfall had with the can he do it, can he not, like that type of um, environment. So I'm, I, when is is it April, I think? Yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah, it looks very good. I, it looks like it's going to pick up right where the last one left off. And now remind me, were you a fan of the last one or were you not a fan of the last one? Not a fan. I was very disappointed. What was it that you didn't like about it? It just didn't have the depth that Skyfall did because Skyfall had such a long in-depth just very well done plot the villain was very good it was the last it was the last movie for Judy Dench as M before they moved on to uh, Ray Fiennes so it was kind of a changing of the guard in that sense and you know they have the new Q actor so they have a new Q a new M they're going to have a new Bond soon so it's just kind of a rumor that it might be a female. I feel like that would be a bit too much of a jump to take going from just white man, white man, white man to woman. Like I would, there's a, a social media rumor has been for years that uh, Idris Elba could be Bond. And I personally would love to see that. I think Idris Elba, Idris Elba is a very distinguished actor. He has a certain air to him. So, I think he could definitely pull off Bond, but I mean Doctor Who recently yeah. went to a went to a female as well. So, I mean anything's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, he would definitely be a good Bond for sure. But yeah, it look, it does look good and I think that it's definitely going to be a well-done movie. I mean, even the ones that have not been great have still been really good. Now, this last trailer that I saved, I I I honestly don't know what to think about it. I watched 
the trailer and was a little shocked to see that Disney were the ones that produced this movie. I have a feeling that they're kind of doing this as like a trial run to see how it does before they release a Deadpool movie. That's my thought process, but New Guy, a background character in a video game, becomes self-aware that he is a background character in a video game and then starts taking over. Fascinating. Yeah, when I initially heard the the concept, I was very unamused. And then I watched the... Well, at first I heard Ryan Reynolds was kind of in front of the... Or leading the project. So I was already on board at that point. Um, and then I watched the trailer. And it it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to be like Oscar bait or anything. But it does look like it has the potential to be a lot of fun. I'll be honest, I'm not sure how many people other than Ryan Reynolds could really try to pull something like that off right now. I thought it was pretty funny how it starts out just like Fortnite or PUBG where you have a guy jumping out of an airplane. And I do know that it's going to take a lot of stabs at that kind of video gaming. I feel like GTA... I hope it makes fun of the whole genre the whole time. I imagine it will, because that's going to be a lot of the the jokes that they have to make is different video game mechanics and insight, like plot tropes, and I hope they have the Contra code in there somehow. I imagine they will. That's kind of a video game staple at this point. That was our trip through our trailer park. We have come out the other side. We made it. We We survived. <laughs> The main event. We've had our appetizer. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Now time for the main event. A Christmas Story is what we are going to be reviewing today. It is a Christmas movie that sits very near and dear to my heart personally. I love this movie. We watch it every Christmas. But of course John, no shocker, has never seen A Christmas Story until this year. I think you might be setting the bar too high for my end of this review. So my wife and I tried to watch it. We're we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, Meg and I tried to watch the movie on Monday. And I say tried because we couldn't finish it. You couldn't finish it. It was, it was so that. It was so cringy and just so not great. Are you Are you one of those people that you just don't like Christmas movies in general? No, not at all. Oh, really? It was The Little Brother is such a whiny little wet yes. blanket. Yes. And he's just so annoying as a character. He is. Um, the the triple dog dare scene I thought was great, but I also yes. feel like I knew it already. Um, and then the Scut Farkas scene in the alley, I was like, no, I'm, I'm done with this movie. This is so dumb. So we we turned it off after about 25 minutes. Oh no, that pains me. Yeah. It hurts me. And I felt bad. I told Meg, I said, you know, I feel like I need to finish this just so I can give a review. Yeah. And she looked at me and she said, not being able to finish it is a review. It it pains me to say it as well, but I couldn't even finish this movie. You did not enjoy the movie. At all. Well, to give everybody else a little bit of a history... A Christmas Story was originally released in 1983. Fun fact, it was released right before Thanksgiving, 
and did surprisingly well in the box office. Uh, but during that time, that was a time period when they took movies, they only ran them for a certain amount of time, and then they had to take them out of the theaters. And so they took it out right after Christmas, but it was doing so well that they actually re-released it later in January because it was at such a high demand. Hmm. So there's a fun little fact for you. Yeah. It The setting is the 1940s in northern Indiana. Uh, Peter Billing plays Ralphie. And, of course, the movie is narrated by the older Ralphie, which is played by Gene Shepard. Now, so was was the actor who played young Ralphie, was he a one-hit wonder? No, well, he hasn't been in a lot of other things. Um, I actually didn't look up his history to see what else he had been in, but I know specifically he was an elf. There is a scene in Elf where uh, Will Ferrell is working on a few things, and one of the elves is talking to him about how he feels bad and how he feels like he can't do anything. And the elf is like, oh, you can do lots of things. He's like... No, I'm nothing. I'm I'm just a cotton-headed ninny-muggin. <gasps> and he's like, you're not a cotton-headed ninny-muggin. That's Ralphie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he grew up, and he's been in a few things. Nothing that I can name off the top of my head, but... So he was an elf. It was just kind of a nod to that classic story. So, John, did you have a Red Rider BB gun? It wasn't a Red Rider, but I did have a BB gun. Yeah, I did too. It was and a I, I do currently have two working eyes. You shoot your eye out, kid. So for those who may not have seen the movie ever, and maybe you don't want to see it, this is a classic Christmas story of a kid who wants a gift very bad. Because most kids, uh, John, I don't know if you were this way, but I know I was. I was one of those kids that like, I had like lots of gifts that I wanted, but then I had that one present that I wanted more than anything else, yeah. and that's all I could think about. Yeah, I was definitely that way. Okay, and so that's what this story is all about. It's about this kid. He wanted a... Hold on. I wrote it down because I wanted to get it right. He wanted a Red Rider 200-shot blue steel air rifle with a compass in the stock. One thing that I loved about this movie is I feel like the movie really was written by a kid. There's so many different scenes throughout this movie that I think to myself, man, that's exactly what it was like to be a kid. You know, you wanted... You, he was trying... He was very sneaky in the way that... Or he thought he was in the way that he was trying to let people know what it was that he wanted for Christmas. You know, at the very beginning, he puts the advertisement for the BB gun in the magazines of his parents so that when they open the magazine that's what they see now personally i feel like that was the one trick that he used that actually got him the gun uh but then moving on he also he like writes a letter to his teacher he finally is like oh i'll go ask santa and of course santa also says you'll shoot your eye out i think santa might have been onto something uh, of course, that whole scene is just disturbing with him and Santa and all the kids screaming. I don't know if you made it that far. No, I, we cut it off right after the the alley scene where they just scream at the at the little kids. Yeah, and I was just like, no, I'm I'm done. This movie is is not my thing. 
There, there are a few little thing, a few little fun facts about the film. Uh, just to put that in there, the pole scene that's so famous, where he sticks his tongue to the pole. Um, I didn't notice until this time watching it. I'm pretty sure that's a wooden pole. That's what I thought as well. Having, I don't think having it's... watched it for the first time, it looked like a metal pole or a, a wooden yeah. pole. Sorry, because I always thought maybe it was just rusty. But then I watched it, and I think we have it on Blu-ray. And so, of course, with Blu-ray, you can see every single little detail. And you could see the, like, markings in the wood. And so I'm pretty sure it was a wooden pole. But then I did look up, and instead of actually sticking his tongue to the pole, they had a little, put, like, a little suction piece onto the pole so that when he stuck his tongue on there, that's why it actually looks like it's pooling is because there's this suction that's holding his tongue in there. But that's a, another little fun fact for everybody. Uh, well, John, let's let's go ahead. Do you want to go ahead and rate it? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really don't, know if it's worth rating. I don't have the context to do a creative scale. Okay. Um, so you can rate it on a creative scale. But I okay. feel like I'm going to have to rate it a did not finish. A did not finish. I feel like I need a sound clip of just, like, a stamp of, like, failure or something like that. I'm I'm really feeling sad trombone for this one, just the... <laughs> Perfect. That's how I'm going to cut that, that out. I'm going to cut that out and just use it whenever that happens again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's a... Uh, I, I'm not going to do a creative scale, but... As far as Christmas movies goes, I, I think it's one of those movies that has... I've loved the older that I've gotten. Uh, I remember as a kid, I used to think it was really boring and I didn't care about it. But I think this is a Christmas movie that is geared more towards adults. Because it kind of takes you back to the, that childlike feeling that you had on Christmas. Because even Ralphie, you know, he ends up getting his rifle at the end and he's so happy and of course the first thing he does is he almost shoots his eye out and breaks his glasses and shoots himself in the cheek so he kind of learned his lesson there hey maybe these parents were right but then at the same time like the movie ends and he's asleep on his bed and he's got the rifle in his arms and it was just it's a very sweet story and it it just kind of takes you back to when you were a kid and so because of that I think I would rate it higher now than I would have maybe 10 years ago, I would say. But I would give it probably, uh, I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10, I think. Okay. So, it's, you know, it's not great. There are some things, there's definitely some things that are dated. You know, it it doesn't hold up in that sense. But uh, overall, I think it's a pretty good movie. Okay. Yeah, I recommend checking it out. But uh, since since I was unable to finish a Christmas story, I will. I'm uh, going to give a bonus review of a oh different boy. movie that I saw for the Drum first time roll. recently. <laughs> I recently saw Jurassic Park for the first time. Holy cow! Everybody, hold the presses. Hold up, everybody, listen. John saw Jurassic Park. I did, and oh I have gosh. to say. One, it was better than I thought it would be. But more importantly, two, it held up 
way better than I thought it would. Yeah, it does. Because, I mean, I thought it was still going to be, you know, a good or a decent movie. But, like, I feel like that movie, other than the actors all being almost 30 years younger than they are now, that movie could have been made in the recent past. Yeah, it holds up. It's It holds up pretty true. I know we watched it with my son right before Jurassic World. No, no, no. Before the... Whatever the newest one was. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, yeah. Whenever Fallen Kingdom came out, we, we re-watched all of them. And uh, I remember thinking, man, this is still a really great movie. So what was some of your favorite parts about it, then? Um, I thought it was hilarious how Newman was the the villain. Because that's <laughs> yes. very 90s. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th- I love the dinosaurs. Because I had heard really good things about the way they were done, but I expected them to not hold the test of time. Yeah, the CGI is actually pretty good for being such an old movie. I don't even think it's CGI as much as it is animatronics. Well, yeah, and then there are a lot of animatronics, too. But they they definitely held up well. Um, I will say, the because uh, the, there's the one guy who basically funded the island, and he just has an irresponsible amount of money. And his grandkids are so on the island. He spared no expense, John. He spared oh. no expense. Clearly. But the, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but the male grandchild, eventually I started cheering for the dinosaurs. Because he was just, similarly to the younger brother in A Christmas Story, he was just so annoying. He was whiny. Like, he was fangirling, um, the, the main paleontologist for, like, the whole movie. And he yes. kept doing, like, dumb stuff. And, uh man. <laughs> it was, it was painful to watch. But the rest of it, the rest of it I thought was really good. Because if you look, like, looking back on it, there's only, like, eight characters in the whole movie. Which is another thing I feel like you wouldn't really be able to get away with today. But they yeah, you have to have very, very Nowadays, well. I feel like people feel like you have to have such a huge cast. Hey, let's put more and more famous people in there so that... Everybody wants to see these people. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it would necessarily be go for the celebrity power of it as much as it is. You have to theoretically check the diversity boxes, which I feel like Ooh. this movie did without trying. Right. So yeah. those were just the, the best available people. It wasn't trying to fill a quota, which is, I mean, kind of the way it, it should be in my opinion, but that's a topic for another time. Well, I am so glad you saw it. More importantly, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I did. So, I very much did. We have two very different genres in this review this week. <laughs> we have A Christmas Story and Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park you loved. Christmas Story you didn't finish. Yeah. So. They both have cult followings, so I'm, I'm nervous that I've upset a cult in that sense. You may um, have. I absolutely did. I told a... Uh, a woman I work with who swears by a Christmas story. I was like, yeah, I couldn't finish this movie. And she almost went to my manager to try to get me fired. So (laughs) there were almost immediate repercussions for that. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, that was a joke by the way, in case anyone tries to like call my, my work. Well, luckily they don't know where you work. It's true. I mean, I imagine some people do. We still have a kind of niche following. Yeah. Well, you know, please, please don't call in to where, john works and if you see him where he works just leave leave him alone 
Don't bully. <laughs> don't don't be uh, don't be the bully from Christmas Story. Because I'll just turn you off and walk away and do something else. <laughs> right. Well, very good. Well, um, that really just about wraps it up. I will say, um, just kind of a teaser for our next project, but uh, Star Wars is coming. Prepare yourselves. Very Star Wars is coming. Um, I'm actually, I have, so I'm, we're recording this remotely for the first time, so I am in my, my little lair upstairs in my house. And I actually have Star Wars Rebels on the TV, so I'm going to be geared up to do a a review of however much of that I've seen, in addition to Rise of Skywalker. Fantastic. So hold the phone. We do need to review The Mandalorian Episode 4 and Episode 5. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. How could you forget that? Yeah, that one's on me. I'll, I'll take the heat for that one. Shame on you. I'm kidding. Okay, so major notes that I made from episode four. I don't think I'm going to review the episode as far as like giving everybody a rundown of what happened. If you want to know what happened, go check it out. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, some of the major notes that I made is first off in episode three, actually the previous episode of this podcast, we talked about how we would love to see from the inside of his helmet. And boy, do we get to see from the inside of his helmet. We did. I was very excited about that. Turns out that he can see heat. I feel like at this point I would have been disappointed if he couldn't. So that kind of points out to the theory he very well could have seen the character that he shoots in episode 3. It does. He very well could have shot him through all that smoke and fog because he could have seen his heat signatures. So how about that? It could be, though, because he activates the carbonite freezer and the carbonite freezer could just be a wave of cold and he couldn't see the heat through the other side of the cold. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, no, just, trying know. To, I'm just trying to defend my earlier take. You're being a devil's advocate. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate it. Also on on episode four, um, I appreciated that the bounty, the woman that they were hunting, was uh, Ming-Na Wen from, I believe she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. I knew I recognized her from somewhere. That was it. That was it. Now, I love that, I can't remember what they're called, but there's these cat raccoon creatures that are actually in Rebels. And we get to see it in live action for the first time. There was in a scene episode four? in episode four. Yeah, we get to go. He goes inside of a uh, cantina, and underneath the table is one of those cat raccoon creatures that we see in Rebels on the planet that Ezra's from. So that was really cool that we get to see that live action. Um, I'm not and sure then, I caught that. To be honest with you. Oh, really? Yeah, Yoda kind of looks at it, and it hisses at him. That was in episode 5. Was it? Yeah, because it was in the cantina when he meets the, um, uh, I don't know her character name or real name. I just She was the henchwoman from the first Deadpool movie. Oh, okay. It was in, it was in 5. Okay. 
yeah, so we get to see that thing again, uh, which was really cool. I loved seeing that. And then we actually learn uh, that he's not actually Mandalorian. He was found from somewhere else. And when I say he's not Mandalorian, we find out that he's not from Mandalore. He's from somewhere else and gets found and adopted by the Mandalorian. So that was pretty cool. And then, of course, he does... We did find out that he does take off his helmet just when he... Is eats, alone. Apparently. Yeah. When Yeah, because he says that it... Well, this is, again, in episode five. He says that he... If he takes it off when he's not alone, he can't put it back on. Which right. does kind of add to the, the mystery of, you know, someone like Boba who never takes it off. I mean, Django took it on and off. Um, and Sabine in Rebels takes it on and off. So she rare, she actually rarely wears her helmet. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So she's not true Mandalorian. But then there was the episode where we go back to Tatooine, and it was just kind of uh, whatever. Not a whole lot happens. Um, I think it was kind of fan service, kind of like what you've said in the past. I think it was more for those people that had kind of wondered, hey, are we ever going to go to Tatooine? And they were just like, yeah, sure, here you go. Yes and no, because like putting them on Tatooine, a known Star Wars planet, there is a lot of potential for fan service, but they didn't go out of their way to introduce any pre-existing characters. So it's not like you know, they referenced the huts or... Yeah. Um, pod racing, which I feel like is you know the the best thing about the prequels. Oh yeah. So they don't reference anything other than Tatooine. So as far as fan service, I feel like it wasn't pandering, but it was a little bit a little bit fan servicey. Um, at the end of the at the end of episode four, however, there are those mysterious boots that walk up to the the bounty character, and no one knows who they are. Who had just been killed. And we don't know who it is. A lot of theories are swirling around that it might be Boba Fett. I would be on board with that. I think the two most likely options are a pre-existing minor bounty hunter. You know, maybe someone like Bosk, um, Dangar maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Or what I feel like is more likely is the uh, Carl Weathers character. See, that's I feel what like I that's, feel too. that's the most likely person that was. Yeah, I think that was Carl Weathers as, as well, his character. I, I honestly, I think that uh, Boba Fett is, is gone. I really don't think he's going to come back. I think it's going to be... Now, I do think that they'll probably pay some sort of respect to him. Like, I could see them go into Tatooine and... Like, I honestly thought that they were going to wind up in front of a Sarlacc pit... And then they might say something like, oh yeah, there's this mighty uh, Mandalorian that fell into that thing one time, you know, or something like that, you know, and just kind of a nod to it, but I don't really see them bringing him back exactly. Who knows? I wouldn't see them bringing him back or really any, you know, type of major character like that before a season finale. Like that seems like a season ending reveal type of type of encounter but uh overall what what would you give this the series so far 
Um, the series so far, I've been pretty impressed by. You know, it's had ups and downs. So the first episode was excellent. The second episode was not. The third episode was better than the second. Um, and then the fourth was back down. And then the fifth episode, I really enjoyed. It gave the fifth right. episode gave a lot more depth to his character. So I feel like that was a really good place to be. Yeah, I would say overall, I've really, really enjoyed it. Only complaint I really have is I feel like the episodes aren't long enough. I was totally expecting the episodes to be 45 minutes to an hour. And so far, I actually, I have it pulled up on my phone right now. So far, each of them have been round about 35 minutes. Except so, for the, the first one was a tad longer, was it not? It was actually one of the shorter ones. I thought it was longer. Hmm. Episode, actually chapter 4 was the longest one at 40, 41 minutes. Yeah, that is really my main complaint here as well. Because going from watching something like Game of Thrones, when episodes are like an actual hour, it was kind of disappointing to go into into this expecting that and then getting yeah. half of it. Overall, definitely watch it. It's probably worth getting Disney Plus, if only for that. I mean, it's and right now they've got such a good deal; it's pretty reasonable. So I highly recommend it. Disney is not a sponsor. It sounded like I was trying to get you to buy it because they were going to pay me for it, but we have zero sponsors right now. It's true. Now Disney, if you want to be a sponsor, you can contact us, John. You think you could tell them how to contact us? I sure can. Um, they could contact us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us, or our email of they didn't ask us at gmail.com. And Disney, or anybody, any other listeners, if you would love to leave a voice message so that you can hear your voice on this podcast, go to anchor.com, find our show. They didn't ask us, and you can leave us a voice message. And then we can answer your questions and also play your message for everybody else to hear. And so I highly encourage you to do that as well. But this was our Christmas episode. So Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just hit it with the generic Wait. Happy Holidays, everybody. Happy Holidays. We hope you have a great one. Spend time with your families and tell them about this podcast. And if you're traveling, please be safe and responsible. I would feel bad to neglect to say that. So just be careful. Yes, there's some crazy drivers out there. And also, uh, our next episode will be coming out right there at the end of December. I actually think it's December 30th. We will have a very Star Wars heavy episode. That's going to be right after Rise of Skywalker, so we'll be reviewing that, as well as any other Star Wars material that we deem necessary. But until then, have fun. See you guys. Nerd out. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 
they didn't ask us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your friends. We'd love to have you. Check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast. Thank you.